It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And once again, we have to revisit uh, the murders and the murder suspects at the University of Idaho because there has been a lot of information that has broken just in the last couple of days. Uh, It's very interesting. It doesn't look good for Brian Koberger. And uh, now we have learned that he did slide into the DMs of one of the murder victims. And also there was a search warrant that was released so far Uh, The only thing that we have officially seen from law enforcement was the probable cause affidavit that came out on January 5th. Um, And we didn't think we were going to see anything for at least another month and a half. And that was because, according to law enforcement, they were worried that if they released the search warrant and its contents, that it would constitute a threat to public safety. I'm not exactly sure how that works. But I know when it comes to the details of this case, there's only one person to ask, and that is Laura Ingle. She is a Fox News reporter, and she has been covering this case in addition to making her career on a number of cases, which we have talked about on this very podcast, including uh, the Scott Peterson case, which then she covered every day, every moment of the trial. And she has been uh, all over, done extensive interviews and a lot of research on her own. Laura Engel, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. What a nice introduction. Thank you. So what did we learn today in the search warrant that either surprised you or caught your eye? Well, we've been waiting for this. As you said, we didn't think we were going to get this kind of information today. And it always happens suddenly. And there's a headline and we all race for the court documents and uh, get it printed out. 49 pages. Um, A lot of it was a repeat um, in terms of the middle, like going through the probable cause affidavit. But what we wanted to get to were, were the seized items from Brian Koberger's apartment in Washington State in Pullman. And there's also another part of this that's really interesting, which is a long list of items to be seized if located that was uh, outlined by law enforcement saying, this is what we want you to look for when you go in there. And then we learned some of the items that were found. And I have a feeling that this isn't the complete list. I have a feeling that this is a partial list. But what we learned today was that there were eight possible hair strands that they recovered. Now, of course, you go into anybody's house or apartment, you're going to find a lot of hair. Uh, But they listed them um, and numbered them. And one of them was noted, item number seven, one possible animal hair strand. As far as we know, Brian Koberger didn't have an animal We definitely know that Kaylee Gonzalez had a dog, Murphy, that was in the home in Idaho where the victims were found. Um, A computer tower, uh, two cuttings from an uncased pillow of reddish brown stain and two top and bottom of mattress covers packaged separately, both labeled with multiple stains. Now, you know, the screaming headlines from some other news outlets is blood was found in the house. Now, we don't know. We have now we have to wait for that to be tested. Chances are, maybe it's already been tested. Could be his blood. I mean, that's... It could he, be. He, he, he could have cut it. Well, we know he cut his, himself his, shaving. Yeah. Uh, in his court, right? When he came out on that second court appearance, everyone's like, oh, scratches on his face. What happened? And they're like, he cut himself he shaving. He has a single blade, crappy... 
Bic. Soviet, not even a Bic. It's a Soviet razor. Right. That's what they're giving him. It's a, it's a rusty Soviet right. razor. Like, do your best at this, punk. Right. So th- there's a list of items that, of course, as you said there at the top, doesn't look great. Um, and when you look at what the law enforcement said to the officers who went into the, I'm sorry, the prosecutors who said, this is what we're looking for. They're looking for, if you find this in Brian Koberger's apartment, please grab it and catalog it, blood or other bodily fluid or human tissue, knives, sheaths, sharp tools, daggers, swords, and including sales receipts. They were looking for sales receipts of any of uh, knives that they could find. Uh, They were looking for images that he may have had, digital or on paper, of the victims um, and or of the house, 1122 King Road. If they found anything like that on his computer, like he'd been searching maybe a route around that home, pictures of them on his computer, phone, laptop, anything that he had, clothing, not limited to, but including dark skirt, a dark shirt, a dark pants, mask, shoes with diamond patterned soles. So we know that, you know. Like vans. Like vans. And we know from now the surviving roommate that she saw somebody dressed in dark clothing with a mask wearing, and then there was a van footprint um, somewhere in the house that... Is, has been reported. Um, they're looking for, again, just a lot of electronic items, you know, anything that might have had uh, pictures of the victims. And also, interestingly enough, um, they were looking for evidence of use of the device to conduct Internet searches relating to a review of other murders or violent assaults, stabbings and or of cutting people, as well as how to avoid detection after the commission of such crimes. Uh, And that is just a partial list of some of the things that police were looking for when they got the search warrant, when they went into both his apartment and his office on campus. So when will we find out the digital forensics? Great question. When? I mean, they may not release that stuff until the trial, right? They might not release it until the uh, probable cause hearing. And that, you know, and that's in late June. And that's where prosecutors will outline their case. They won't give it all away, uh, but they'll give, you know, just like the probable cause affidavit gives us an outline of the evidence they had so far that would cause an arrest warrant, um, we might hear more at that time. Have we heard anything about the DNA under the victim's fingernails? No. We haven't. And that will also come at the probable cause hearing? It could. I mean, that is like the utmost sensitive information. And of course, you know, we heard the the grave details about how, and it's very standard that they would bag the victim's hands because that, of course, we know that a couple of them had defensive wounds. So in theory, there's going to be evidence under the fingernails or on the victims, in theory. Uh, you know, when this whole thing first happened, I don't know what, you know, it's 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 horrible to visualize the crime itself, right? But when... When we first heard of it, many of us thought this person, whoever it was, was covered head to toe in like a ninja outfit. Like every, you know, if you are somebody who is reportedly as smart as Brian Koberger, who studies criminal, studies ju- this. who studies, studies this, murderers. you're covering studies ev- serial killers. You are covering every inch of your skin. You are covering every hair on your head. You are wearing goggles. I mean, like you are like, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. But we know now from one of the surviving roommates, they saw bushy eyebrows. So. Uh, there's going to be a lot that is going to be uncovered. And let's not forget, this is just the search warrant that has been unsealed about the home. I'm interested in what's in the car. You know, so in theory, that white Elantra 
we know is being gone over with a fine-tooth comb. And there's a technology that's relatively new called MVAC. Uh, and I reported on this during the uh, Gilgo Beach murders, uh, Suffolk County here in New York, that they're working with this new technology going back over evidence. And it's basically like a vacuum that you can put fluid in. And it really extracts not just the things that you can touch and see, but things that you can't um, that can bring up DNA evidence that can match to a suspect. We have more of this interview in moments coming up. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So it, it's very interesting because someone who's getting their PhD in criminology, who already has a master's in it, yeah. uh, who's who's pretty deep into the program and has worked with uh, some experts in the top of their field, they all try and 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 you would think that maybe he'd rent a different car, or borrow a different car, because his car, that car is is going to be gone over like once they catch him, and they all try and clean it. Right, always. You know, we're looking at the case in Massachusetts mm -hmm. with, you know, the mom who disappeared and, you know, her husband is now charged with her murder because he went on his son's laptop and looked up, you know, hey, how do you use a hacksaw to dismember a body? How do right. you dispose of a 115 pound corpse? Right. And, you know, it's like even the smart ones obviously make mistakes. Absolutely. And, and but this is this is something that kind of struck me was. When you read the probable cause affidavit, the circuitous route that he took back to his apartment, mm -hmm. you know, his phone was off and then it was on. But even when it was on, like he knew that he could ping, but he was obviously, I mean, just reading this as a layperson, throwing the evidence away. So, right. Is it too late to try and track that stuff down? I mean, hopefully not. And and when we look back, you mentioned the Massachusetts case, but I also covered, and we've talked about the Fotis Dulos case. This was the case in Connecticut of the mother of five, Jennifer Dulos, who went missing. And in that case, um, you know, there ended up being evidence of Fotis Dulos on camera disposing of what looked like evidence, uh, bloody clothes, and then they tested the clothes and it was, you know, blood from Jennifer Dulos's wife and it ended up being a huge mess. But there are cameras everywhere. But when you look at that really weird zigzaggy road that he took from, instead of that direct line from his home in Pullman, Washington to Idaho, he took this down and around, up and down and route. And it took quite some time. And it took some time. And, you know, we're talking about his level of intelligence and, and talking to people about crimes, I mean, I feel like anybody that watches any of these shows, like if you're going to commit a serious crime, one would think that you would leave your personal cell phone at home. Um, but there, you mentioned those cell phone pings that are around the home, and it's not just on the morning of the murder. It's in, I think, 12 different weeks. times. Yeah, yes. weeks of, of pinging and, and around. And they were there. all either early, early, early in the morning, late, late at night. Only one was not. And we learned yesterday that he had messaged one of the victims. 
according to People Magazine and other reports, there are there is word now that everybody said, did they know the victims? And remember when this first happened, we heard from... The mayor said. Yeah. And, and we are looking to see, like, is there any connection? Did, Crime of passion. Did they, did, did one of these female victims, you know, turn him down, uh, ignore him at a party, uh, the, the night of the murders at the corner club? Did they diss him or did they diss him earlier in the summer and he was holding a grudge and, or we just didn't know. Now there's word that he reportedly um, DM'd one of the female victims, but it's not known if that victim, and we don't, again, we don't know who it is, um, saw those messages because as anybody who has Instagram knows, um, you get a DM from somebody that you, you know. Yes. Right. And then like, I've got, you know, I, I have all these messages from people that I don't know in this other folder, right? That is just, you just don't realize it until you think to go look at it. And they say, um, whoever leaked this, that it doesn't appear that the victim had ever seen those messages. And then the question really becomes too, uh, that's going to be really important uh, if this goes to motive uh, at trial is the chain of custody. Like who, when, when the phones were recovered, who had them, who touched them, who looked at them, did they get sealed right away? You know, that that stuff is important down the road. But but this is a, a potential bombshell um, because as far as we knew, and, and Steve Gonzalez had gone on TV, the father of Kaylee, saying, as far as we know, they we've never heard this name. Yeah, that's that's what I asked him the night that Brian Koberger was arrested. Yeah. I was on the five and and I asked Steve Gonzalez, have you ever heard this name That's before? Right. He said, yeah. no. He said, we've, this is the first time we've heard this name. And now there's a gag order. So now we, you know, I've been trying to get a hold of his attorney and talking to, and I asked the FBI, I reached out to the FBI trying to confirm, can you confirm, can you say anything, even if it's a no comment, can you just acknowledge that this is a part of the investigation? We haven't heard from anybody and that's going to be the frustrating part um, because there's a gag order. So with the gag order and that is imposed by the judge, do you think there will be cameras in the court? Ooh, that's a great question. So far, there has been. Um, it's a small courtroom, which means there's limited seating. Um, it's a well-publicized case. Um, that It's really too soon to tell. But because there's already been cameras in the courtroom, I'd say there's a fair shot at that. Yes, I think that, uh, you know, people will definitely be watching this because in a case this unimaginable, you wouldn't think there would be more layers Right. Especially with a gag order in place, mm -hmm. uh, you wouldn't think we would learn more. And we have this week and every bit of it is more shocking than the last. Right. And then and on top of the DM thing and now on top of the search warrant being released now, and we're also hearing uh, the New York Times uh, did a deep dive in his social media posts and things. A lot of uh, social media forums, many of us have not heard of, of him, the people that they believe it's Brian Koberger. Um, writing about having all these disorders and saying that he, when he was 16, he didn't have any feelings for his family, that he felt like, you know, a, a bag of, I think, organic meat. He made, he made some weird reference that like when he looked into the eyes of his family, he felt nothing. Ew. He felt no remorse for anything that he had said to his father that wasn't nice. He he never felt anything. Um, so there's all, now there's that. Um, so we will, this, this is a case, this wheel is turning. Uh, there is going to be a lot more to come as just when you think it's going to quiet down and we focus over on the Massachusetts story, this kind of stuff comes out. Yes. Um, well, 
it's disgusting. It's fascinating. And there is more information to come. And we will rely on you, Laura Engel. Well, thank you very much. And we have a fantastic team of journalists uh, working the story. We all collaborate together. And uh, it it really is fascinating. And we want to we want to see we have this in our hands right now. The search warrant unsealed of the apartment. We want to see the search warrant of the car. Ooh. Yeah. When we get that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I'll, Laura Engel. I'll text you immediately. Please do. There's much more to come. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.